This is the Fantasy Road Show. Welcome in, roadies. How's it going? We are your hosts. This is the Fantasy Road Show. My name is Ryan. This is Mike. And this is another Mike, Mike LaFamina, um, contributor with Sports Ethos. Mike, how you doing today? Thank you for joining us. You got to take him off me. <laughs> I told him not to forget. I told him not to forget. I yeah, knew you were going to forget. I, uh, I'll scatterbrained over here doing two a days. Sorry, you know, I cut you off anyway, so this will be a better yeah, run. Mike, I apologize. <laughs> um, now, how, how about now? How you doing? Thank you for joining us. Doing good, guys. <laughs> doing good. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, well, yeah, so today we're going to get into um, – quick intro on Mike, what he does at Sports Ethos, um, and then he's going to give us an intro into DFS. Um, That's a space that I have known about for a while. I've kind of dabbled in it, but not like seriously or even with any kind of strategy. Um, So, so, you know, just throwing together a lineup on (laughs) Thanksgiving because I wanted to win a million (laughs) dollars. Actually, Mm-hmm. but um yeah 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 <laughs> yeah exactly. while you're on yeah. the toilet so, just throw um, it together so anyways um yeah that's yeah. kind of a what, what we're gonna get into today but um oh yeah uh, let's buckle up awesome mike so um thanks for coming on i would say i don't know ryan maybe fifth guest we, we we've had a couple now but I, I dude, it's hard. To, it's it is so hard to keep track now. We with these two days, I'm telling you, I'm getting all the episode numbers yeah, all jumbled so in my head. There. But, so um, um, fifth sounds about right. Yeah, five, five good, is a good number. A good number. Um, glad it. we <laughs> could have you on. I, I'm excited to learn more um, about the DFS DFS space and about you. So let's start off um, just where you're from, where your favorite team is, um, and then we're going to ask you to give us a little breakdown of your favorite team that's kind of how we intro in everyone all of our guests thus far so um yeah yeah so i'm born and raised in connecticut still living in connecticut um favorite team is embarrassingly the cowboys um (laughs) (laughs) it's just been in the family for years and years and the uh Losing and tradition has been passed down, excluding the 90s and 70s. But uh, yeah, it's been a lot of disappointing years. But uh, yeah. How, how, so Cowboys, Cowboys is a family thing, me. but was there some Southern blood in you or was it just? No, not that. I, like my aunt lives in Texas, but this was well established before she was ever down there. Um, just... It, from my grandfather, he was a bit, he was allured, allured to the Cowboys of, of the seventies. And it just kind of passed down to my dad, passed down. Here you are. Well, Hey, I, (laughs) we just talked, uh, NFC East. Um, I think there's a very realistic chance that the Cowboys Mm -hmm. win the division, uh, certainly make the playoffs. So, um, you know, things are heading in the right direction. Um, I'd like to hear about, what you think for um, the fantasy outlook for, you know, what are we going to see from the Cowboys in the fantasy space? So 
probably not a super original take, but very, very high on Pollard this year. Obviously, no Zeke, not too big of anybody behind him to really threaten snaps, I would say. Um, Deuce Vaughn seems to be getting some some buzz with, with his shimmying uh, the past couple of days. Uh, but, you know, Pollard, I, you know, excellent pass catcher, explosive. Let's see if he can handle a bigger workload. I, I have no reason to suspect he can't. So um, I'm, I'm kind of into Cooks this year, too. I think he's easily an upgrade on the wide receiver, too, compared to the past few years that they've had, other than when they had Cooper and Lamb combo. But um, I think he's a good deep ball threat. He's, he's an upgrade over Gallup for sure. Um, and I think he can open the field up for Dak. Um, and then the tight end space, I'm still a little confused. It seems like Ferguson's taking the hold of the job. I just don't know if he's going to be as big a priority as Schultz was. It's, it's still to, to be determined yeah. whether that was more a Schultz thing, Schultz stack kind of chemistry thing, or it's just a product of the offense. Obviously, Kel Moore is not there anymore. Uh, so we'll see what McCarthy and, and company bring to that. But um, Cooks and Pollard are the highlights for me from a fantasy Okay. Are you concerned at all about McCarthy calling plays now that Kellen Moore is gone? Or are you, um, are you, what's your gauge on that? Uh, not overly concerned. It, it sounded stupid. I know at the end of the year when the run, the damn ball comments and all that, (laughs) but, um, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's a product of, he had Aaron Rodgers, but when he was in green Bay, they always had a higher pass rate over expectancy than, than league average. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not super worried about it until proof, proof and otherwise. So, Okay. You know, they have the weapons to throw the ball. Yeah, I mean, that's what Dak does, right? Um, I have it. I have CD yeah. Lamb. I, early on, I had him as wide receiver three. Um, I think now I have him as wide receiver four, um, but super high on him. I think, you know, he continues to take a mm-hmm. step forward. He's one of the best in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, main question that I have for you is Absolutely. after hearing you talk it through. So I thought that Zeke was for sure going to come back to the Cowboys. Um, I went to the Patriots and I started kind of saw like that would have been a reality, right? But I thought for sure (laughs) Cowboys. Um, So do you see them bringing in a Fournette, maybe a Hunt, or is it Pollard? Is it Malik Davis? And is it Deuce? Like what, what is. I I think that's the plan for now. I, I haven't. And, you know, I haven't seen a whiff of Fournette or Hunt even visiting with Dallas. Um, I think they have had some interest in bringing Zeke back, but obviously, I don't know if it was a number. I think it, or I, a, yeah, that's or what I think it ended up Zeke, being. But, I think, um, like, he went out to the market, tried to get paid. Maybe he yeah. wasn't going to get the number he wanted to. And at that point, he had just moved on from the Cowboys and didn't want to be that veteran that tucks his tail and kind of you know, comes back. That's, that's what I thought it was. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's just, yeah. So like, to uh, me, it's like, if you see Deuce being a legitimate running, like playing a legitimate role, which it seems like he could be, you know, um, then that 
might make up the snap percentage that you would otherwise be missing. Like, do you want Malik Davis to be the guy that takes all secondary reps? Probably not. But if Deuce Vaughn can come in there and be a change of pace, like, you know, speed back, then I think it starts to make sense. So they obviously uh, must see something in him there as we've all seen this past preseason game. But um, that's really exciting. Yeah. I, I forget who mentioned it. Oh, sorry. Uh, I forget who mentioned it. I saw it, but uh, I thought they had a pretty good comp from him. They said he looked yeah. like a little Darren Sprolesy kind of same same frame, same shiftiness, which obviously Incredible. if he ended up being Darren Sproles, <laughs> that'd be, you know, a great change in, you know, <laughs> that's that's probably, you know, the high end of outcomes, but um, you know, it's one preseason game and, you know, camp talk yeah. of everybody looks great in camp. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it's we'll exciting. We'll yeah. It's exciting. So, um, so let's far, move so on to, you know, what you do at ethos, how you kind of came into the ethos world. Um, and just, um, you know, where can people find you? Where can people find your work? Sure. Uh, so I mostly do DFS delivery articles. You know, I've been going strong on PGA throughout throughout this year. Um, Going to be doing more of that, doing some, a little bit of best ball content uh, for Ethos this year. Uh, you can find it on in the draft guide and you know on the Sports Ethos page. Uh, a lot of my thoughts and ideas uh, I post to my own Twitter, which is. You know, at M with M10, we'll, we'll go into the promo later, but Twitter, Twitter. Ryan calls it the X machine. Did you hear that? It's the mainstay. (laughs) (laughs) I love Um, it. I love it. (laughs) Okay. So are you going to be shifting to DFS? Are you going to be releasing lineups? Are you going to be giving, you know, player recommendations? What do you foresee um, your role there being uh, in the NFL season? So I'll be doing a like a, a preview of each week. I'll be giving a, a few studs and a few low-priced options for each position, uh, kind of just with a little bit of an intro of my thoughts on the slate, because every week is a different puzzle, right? Um, there's different pricing. There's different game environments to look at. Um, it's, it's a little more involved setting these lineups than – setting your redraft league for the, for your redraft league, you maybe have one or two decisions you're making every yeah. week. Who's my wide receiver three or, or something like that, but your, your quarterbacks, your quarterback, you're locked in, right? Um, you play your studs. It's easy game, right? But, uh, <laughs> um, so I'll be doing that and then I'll be active in the discord as well. You know, uh, Sunday mornings asking asking lineup questions. Okay, great. Uh, so I don't uh, that, the, so. the way that we're going to navigate this conversation. It's going to be very conversational. I want it to be an intro to DFS. I know you know Ryan and I spoke about how we've played in the past. Mm-hmm. I like we both understand fantasy football at a in depth level, right? But and I <laughs> think I understand. I have a very like strategic yeah. brain to where like in leagues i am taking every single competitive advantage that has ever existed and exposing it for example like ryan is a commissioner of a league um i think wednesday at 3 30 some 7 a.m waivers clear on on yahoo and i'm awake and i'm sharking 
Yeah, I, I don't even set an alarm. Set the alarm. My brain wakes me up, and I'm sharking. Yeah. I'm sharking, yeah. um, uh, uh, making those making those shark moves. So I think he put it as like 2 p.m. these past few years, and tried to take away my take away the little edge that I had there. But you know, so I, my brain works that way. So like when I first started creating rosters, it was like I would go all right, what do I think are going to be the highest scoring games? And of course I would look at, you know, over-unders and stuff like that, but also um, intuitionally, that's kind of where I started. High scoring games stacks is really how I started mm-hmm. building lineups. What is it that you do? What is industry consensus? What is the roster construction um, part look like in DFS? Well, yeah, I guess I should, so, I should have also prefaced things. there's 50, yeah, 50, right. there's yeah. tournament plays <laughs> of that matter. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I'd like to cover okay. all the different um, sure. you know, categories. Let's start with that. Right. So first things first, before even getting in the rosters is your contest selection. What, what do you, what's your risk tolerance? So they Perfect. offer on draft. I'm going to talk DraftKings here. Um, so they offer a variety of different games that you can play. You can play just heads up with a one-on-one against another guy. That, in those scenarios, you're not worried about correlation and stacking and all that. You're just trying to build your best, play the best plays kind of play, right? You're not worried about ownership or anything like that. Uh, then there's cash games is what the lingo for it, 50-50s. So you're... Half the field gets double their money. The other half gets nothing. Those lineups you're trying to, again, you're not really worrying about ownership. You're not worrying about stacking. You're just worried about safe, relatively safe. You know, it's the NFL. There's always wonky business going on, but uh, safe plays. You're trying to get in that top half. It doesn't matter if you finish first or 500th or whatever. You just want to get paid, right? Then you get into the tournaments. That's where you got to start thinking, um, you know, using projections. If whether you want to create your own, you want to pay a site for their projections, preferably Sports Ethos. But, um, you know, wherever you want to go for that, um, you know, I would recommend if you're going to be a big tournament player, getting familiar with optimizers and using those projections and putting them into an optimizer. Um, especially in a lot of these tournaments, you can enter up to 150 lineups into them. So obviously you're not going to sit there and hand build 150 lineups. It's, <laughs> it's <laughs> Unless you are just the loneliest man on the planet. Um, <laughs> but even then. Um, and then it's just paying attention to news, right? Um, so I, I have a list on Twitter of just beat writers and F, people from the athletic and just, you know, the shefters of the world, people, you know, the newsbreakers, right. And you're just trying to get any edge you can about possible seeds of playing time. Um, just obviously looking at over unders, there's just weather, there's a lot of factors. Um, so the way that my brain works, like I have always entered rosters as that 50, 50 head to head. Um, like 
I just, I, even when I was joining tournaments, I was like, this is the best roster I can create. If all of these guys hit, I'm still going to win. Why is that a disadvantage mm-hmm. entering tournaments that way? Mm-hmm. So as especially for those large field tournaments, right? Where you got to beat a million people and come in first, like glorified those, lottery is what I used to call that. Playing those first off, we'll, we'll go into that. Exactly. Exactly. You have to hit the absolute stone cold nuts and then maybe you'll finish 10th or something, you know, like it's, it's just insane. Um, so what you really want, you're, you're shooting for the most upside in tournaments, right? So when you have your best plays on on the page, it looks great, but a lot of other people are thinking that same way too. So you could have 30% of the field playing Lamar Jackson, right? Everyone, say week one, they're at Houston. It seems like an obvious smash spot. It probably would be, but you, you have to play the ownership game and think, well, what if that fails? You know, could I get away with a Joe Burrow at Cleveland and stack him with Jamar Chase? And you know, you just gotta think what's the best possible scenario for this for this game and how can I incorporate that into my lineup? So if you just have, say, the Bengals and Browns, that game goes nuts and you only have Joe Burrow in it, you'll do okay, but it would your, your lineup's going to shoot up the leaderboard if you have Burrow and Chase and you ran it back with Njoku, let's say. And like you're, you're getting all aspects of that one game that went nuclear. Yeah. That week. So, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I had a question, though, about um, when building these lineups, mm-hmm. does it does the um, uh, the strategy with like where you want your studs and where you want your values, does that change mm-hmm. based on um, the type of contest you're, you're running or you kind of keep the same um, theory in that sense? Yeah, it's not so much the contests, but more so the pricing available that week because the pricing is different every week. So week one this week, we got Lamar's the top price quarterback. He's $8,000, right? Um, Jalen Hurts is 7,800, but that's because we have no Mahomes, you know, he's Thursday night and we have, um, so it's, but to answer your question a little more concisely, yeah, it's more pricing. I think that determines my roster build than, than a specific who I want to be the stuff, but sometimes there's such obvious plays at court, like this quarterback play is far and away, like the obvious answer this week. Um, and that would be more of a 50, 50 build for me, like plugging that guy in. Cause that's the, the quote unquote. So are you going to be, um, you, I, I imagine in your write-ups, you're going to be, that's going to be a part of your write-up, right? Like this is your, you know, smash sure. player, but he's going to be heavily owned. Um, so I guess my question then moves to when I thought I was going to get into DFS seriously, in my mind, it almost 
thought of it as like a your risk tolerance in a um in an investment portfolio so if i went 75 percent 50 50s and 25 percent contests what would my hit rate need, need to be in order to cover my nut on the contest right so what does that look like is that accurate am i think am i, am I on the right train of thought is that what you're doing is that what the professionals are doing and what is that uh bar curve actually look like? <laughs> um, so I don't yeah. have it down to the to the last but, dollar on what it, it, it needs to be. But um, okay. I'm I, I do do a variety, right? So I do probably 50% of the bankroll that I'm spending in a given week okay. on 50 50s and heads up. Um, I think I have a pretty good edge in the head to heads. So it's really just tracking yeah. what finding out what games you're good at too and attacking those. Some some pros strictly play tournaments because they crush them. They have that's that's their wheelhouse, that's what they do. Some guys just play high stakes 50-50 games and that's that's all they play. Some guys just do Heads up, some play them all. I, I play everything. I'd skew 50-50 of the cash games and head-to-heads and then take my shots in the tournaments. Because what I'm doing in the tournaments is, uh, you know, there's a lot of losing in tournaments. You know, it's it, it's not easy. Um, but you're kind of trying to bide your time, bide your bankroll. So hopefully two or three times a year you have that right combination locked in and you can – yeah. Um, so for sure. in terms of like finding these, so this why like I could never, I don't think I could ever have success in the tournament plays because like these, I mean, granted, I know yeah. some of these guys that break out and have huge games, but like to me, that's where the glorified lottery comes in. Right. It's like, cause it's not, it's not like your backup tight end for, um, I don't know. Let's just say like Kincaid or Knox. Knox goes off one week. It's not that guy. It's like some R Rico Dowdle who Malik Davis gets injured and Dowdle gets right, too tough. Right. You know what I mean? Like what is – how do you stay competitive in contests, these pros? Are they just throwing in that many lineups with optimizers to where they'll just find that diamond in the rough? Or, uh, explain that. Um, so I avoid that situation completely. Like for example, DraftKings has a $5. Yeah, I'm on it million, right now. <laughs> millionaire maker week one. And it's, yeah. So it's over a million entries into that, right? Okay. You, you wouldn't catch me dead playing in that for just for that reason. And some other things you got to pay attention to is, know the payout structure too right so first for that is a million second drops all the way down to two hundred thousand dollars that's an insane gap between first and second place uh so where i when i'm playing tournaments they're not huge field tournaments it's like i play a lot of single entry in three max tournaments um just because single entry right everybody's on the same level ground you you enter one lineup they're usually, you know, a thousand to three thousand people in that in that 
contests. So you don't have to have okay. the galaxy brain play to win. You know, you <laughs> whoever wins that tournament probably would barely, you know, finish in like the top 10% of that mega lottery that we're talking about. So I, I try and take those out of the equation. Um, and I'm just kind of a natural contrarian by nature. So I like, and that's a, a leak in my game that I've been trying to work on is I'll, I'll look at ownership percentages and I'll, I would, in the past, I would just fade all the highest stone guys and just kind of hope, hope and pray, right. That those plays don't smash. Cause otherwise I'm dead. Um, but it's, it's about, it's a delicate balance of mixing in some of those guys and then just pivoting away. So everyone thinks, you know, um, Detroit, Minnesota is going to go off in December because it's a dome game and we're avoiding, you know, the weather in Cleveland or something like that. Um, and it's just sometimes finding the angle of, well, maybe they're, if, it's not going to go crazy in that game because they're passing and everyone's playing Jefferson and cousins and Amon Ross St. Brown. What if, what if it's a, yeah. when he was on the lines, a Deandre Swift game. So you get a piece of that game playing Deandre Swift instead of playing Jefferson and, and cousins, you know, because how many times have we gone in every week? It seems like we go into the week slate expecting certain things to happen. And then Joe Mixon goes off for four (laughs) touchdowns. Right. So it's unpredictable. Yeah. yeah, Right. Right. So it's just taking different angles to different games and just thinking about, okay, how could it it play? So in doing that, are you creating like a game script for each game? How are you, how are you, do you see some games clearer than others and you're focusing on those? What does that look like? Um, Cause to me, that's what I would do, right? Is I would sit there and I would look at each game and mm-hmm. I would build my, almost my target based on my confidence level and how well I see the game and then how high scoring the game is. And then be like, all right, let's try to build a roster around these three, these five games here. Yep. That's, that's certainly one method you could do is just hyper-focus a certain amount of games um, and create your player pool from there and just kind of attack those three to five games in different ways, as many as you can. Right. Um, The other way you could do it is just, um, so I do go game by game. Sometimes I'll just X out a game completely. Um, if it's just absolutely putrid, uh, you know, I'll still consider, Hey, how, you know, could there be value? But again, it, it's all relative to price too. And all that, um, of the players. Um, but I, I do, you know, focusing on the higher scoring games is obviously, you know, what most people are going to do. Um, and it, it makes sense, right? It's, that's where all the points are. You want where all the points are. So just trying to game script every game individually and thinking about all the different possibilities of each game. Um, so do you real quick, do you value yeah. then those, obviously when you're talking about high scoring games, are you talking about two good teams going at AFC it? West? Like, uh, 
you know, AFC like West uh, the is notoriously the, the last Chiefs, few you know. years been right. Yeah, you know, something the like high that. scoring shootout. I, I think last year it was like some ridiculous percentage of their games to start the year were fifty plus overs. I, I forget what the act what the stat was, but they were you know the conference that was slated to have the most you know the highest scoring conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah but like how do you how do you value those comparative to like um a massive underdog or a massive favorite like if a team just is supposed to beat up on the other team like like you were talking about the the ravens going against houston mm-hmm. like do you value that team be, or that game because the ravens are going to dominate them or on the vice versa houston's going to be playing from behind so they're going to need to be throwing the ball more like do, does that factor in at all or are you just looking for those two big dogs going at it no, I'll I'll sprinkle, you know, if I if I think that's what's going to happen, right? Yeah. That the Ravens are just going to smash the Texans. Some people that scares them off, right, a little bit because they're thinking uh, Lamar is going to get pulled in the beginning of the fourth quarter, which obviously isn't ideal. But the other thing you have to consider is the reason they're smashing them is because Lamar went. Yeah, I think a good example here is the Eagles last year, right? Like they were scoring four touchdowns. It was 28 to three at half. And then you'd see them come out with a different game plan. So, yeah, that's that's I think speaking to that, like what did that look like in the fantasy space? Why or in the DFS space? Like, would you be turned off to the Eagles in those games or, or, or would you just hope, you know, would you? maybe if the Cowboys came to link or, or the Eagles were playing in Jerry's world, like that's a game that you may think that's going to be closer in the second half. And they're maybe shooting back and forth towards the end. Um, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously competitive games are more appealing because um, you have a better chance of, reaching that ultimate ceiling from everybody that you roster in that game. Um, but the game script is also important to think about in terms. So if I think, you know, going back to that Ravens example, like if I think the Ravens are going to smash the Texans and their Texans are going to be coming from behind a lot, I'm not playing Damian Pierce, right? But, He's there's not a scenario where he's going to go go off if the game's 28 to three after the midway through the second quarter. Um, so I'd be if I was going to play a Texan, it'd be Nico Collins. It'd be um, Tank. Uh, <laughs> you know, some second half they're going to be that. throwing the ball uh, all yeah, half. That makes sense. That kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, Exactly. Exactly. And then just targeting specific position group matchups, right? So um, looking at DVOA ahead of time and being prepared, okay, the the Bengals are playing Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh's ranked first against the pass. Um, but it's all nuanced too, because you got Okay, well, who yeah. has Pittsburgh played to be first against the pass? Have they? And it's week three. You know, you don't want to go too heavy into it because week one they played 
Colt McCoy and then week two they faced Mac Jones. You know, obviously their their numbers are going to be a little inflated probably. So yeah. um, just blending all that too, and so positional groups, um, offensive and defense. Like I tried to play almost no running backs probably this year as well last year because their D line just. <laughs> smart yeah. everybody yeah probably <laughs> this year so it's probably not a wise bet you know um so that's that's the other going back to like the being contrarian thing to be smart about it too not just being contrarian just to be contrarian. oh no one's gonna play um yeah. seek against the eagles this week because yeah I, he's low owned for a reason so you know it's could he sneak in a few touchdowns? Yeah, maybe, but it's yeah. There's probably um, better so options elsewhere. I, I think like if I was to say right now how Ryan and I, uh, how the, the the fantasy roadshow is going to get involved into DFS, I would almost think of it as like this: I'm going to create two lineups, one 50-50 heads up lineup, one contest lineup. Ryan is going to do the same and then we'll probably sit down together and we're going to do the same. So we have six lineups, right? Three 50, 50 heads up three contests. What would you recommend? I guess I would say in terms of like, let's say him and I have a $200, um, you know, bankroll. We, we want to work with $200 at first. Um, what would you allocate as a beginner who's just kind of, I would imagine we take a more conservative approach to start. I, I don't know. What, how do you, how would you recommend a beginner finding their niche, finding, um, just kind of learning as you, as you go and how, how you kind of make those decisions. Right. So obviously you want to keep the stakes pretty low. Um, and so I would probably take like a hundred of that. Yeah. So we're working with a $200 budget here. Um, probably do $25 worth of that in $1 head to heads and just have, so you can post or you can join. I actually with that um, quick tangent, I would post the lineup, uh, the head-to-head uh, -head contests in in DraftKings in, instead of, or I would joining other people's. Yeah, instead yeah. of um, joining because you get a lot of sharks just waiting, waiting in the wings there, waiting for people to to come in and and join them. So I would I would and it there's some settings you can do on DraftKings. It's getting a little nitty gritty here, but limit to one person joining your head to heads. Otherwise join off the same person could yeah. come in and join all 25 of your, of your contest posted and just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're either going to win or you're crushed. So <laughs> limit it, limit it to one person. Um, and then I would take the other 75 of that and just divvy it up in low, uh, low field. And when you say uh, low field, 50, you're saying a ten like or as many fifty. 50 and you're saying 50, 50 low so. field as in dollar amount or the amount of players. Both, both amount of players. Okay. You want as many as possible. 
uh, for 50-50s just because obviously in a 10-person contest, you have yeah. to, you would need to be in fifth or better, right? If, if there's 8,000 people in it, there's more room for error finishing in the top 4,000 of lineups. So um, more, more people and then just, yeah. they're all, and single entry, I would, because they do have multiple entry cash lineups. Um, I would keep it the single entry, especially for cash. Um, and then for the other half for doing tournaments, just kind of sprinkling in the different variety of tournaments that they have. So do some single entries, do some three maxes. Um, and then if, if you want to dabble in the, the lottery style tournaments, they have 50 cent ones where you could 150 max into those. So I would set a player pool, use an optimizer and have it spit out hundreds. So that way you're spending what 75 bucks to enter 150 lineups in that contest. And just to kind of see how that goes, you know, if the other thing that it, it's going to take some weeks of getting used to it too, because you can't get discouraged week one, you get absolutely wrecked and you know, it, it happens every, there's ebbs and flows in DFS. Even the pros go through some low points, especially in tournaments. It's, it just, yeah, that's the way it works. You got it. You got it. You can't get ride too hot. You win a tournament your first week. You're not in God mode either. You just, you probably ran hot. So it's, I don't think, it's you have Mike, I don't think I have to worry about my lineup coming, uh, you know, hitting one of those lotteries because I've joined plenty of them and just like literally every single player has to go off. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't recommend it, but some people like them and they have fun doing them. And that's, you know, be my guest, go at it, you know, get after it. If, if I, my recommendation would be if you're going to enter a tournament, be sure you have the funds to, max enter the amount of entries that they allow so if you're gonna play if you're gonna play in a twenty dollar three max put in the 60 bucks and put in 20 lineups right don't don't just put in two lineups and hope to get lucky because that's not that's not going to work out in the long run you might get lucky a few times but long term Um, yeah so have you played those like you can do an actual draft like as if you're yeah have you like the snake draft kind of yeah Yeah. what's that about so they just um you know they put the player pool of everybody that week you it's usually like 10 or 12 people in it and you just kind of snake draft a lineup just specifically for that for that slate um, they're kind of cool. Uh, I don't, I wasn't super happy with my strategy kind of going into them. I was just kind of merging yeah. my DFS brain and my redraft league. And it just, yeah, it seems I like that's so maybe that's something yeah. that we should try though, Ryan. Cause like it, Ryan, yeah. And Ryan, yeah, and they're I, fun. Like, oh, I mean, it's fun. That's I mean, in our wheelhouse it, for sure. I yeah. just, yeah, I have it's done in like five minutes. So I can it's... walk into a room of twelve and win that draft or get mm-hmm. top two. You know how like the the underdog best yeah. ball. Like we have been absolutely loving that because mm-hmm. we our confidence of that we can just see the board.
board. We yeah. just know our rankings so well in our head. Like it's like going in with that confidence, knowing you can go top two in a draft room. Like I just, I think that's so fun. Drafting to me is maybe the, my favorite part about fantasy sports or fantasy football. Um, so give me as many. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I, I think that's majority of people as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Drafting. If, if you ask people, most people aren't going to yeah. say I enjoy yeah. grinding the waiver wire at three 30 in the morning. That's my I enjoy favorite making part. the wrong decisions on <laughs> yeah. a weekly basis on my flex yes. position. Yes. Yeah. Mike uh, I, I love uh, when I'm playing yeah. some random kicker and they score 18 points and I lose by fucking, you know, <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Okay. So I, Ryan, do you have any other questions with DFS? It, it's, I like I'm excited and it intrigues me, but I'm also scared because like, gosh, like I, I just um, no. I, I know in the past <laughs> that I've had success in the 50 50s. Like I just know that the way that my mm-hmm. brain works and how it structures lineups, I'm just confident that I could put together like a pretty good team based on value. Um, so that's where I've seen success. Mm-hmm contest is what scares me i should say and maybe you're right that like i've been taking the wrong approach that i'm your classic you know noob that sees the shiny object like ooh, i can win a million dollars but realistically like stay away from those (laughs) that's what i've learned is be smart about what contests you join single entry three max (laughs) that makes a ton of sense um um so yeah and within Along those lines, too, look at the payout structures on them. You don't want to be eating a bunch of rake into these contests, too. So, like, when the prize pool and first place gets 25% or 30% of the entire uh, prize pool, I try and stay away from those, too, because um, usually there's a huge gap. I like flatter payout structures, um, you know, 10 to 15% of it of the prize pool goes to first place um you know it's it's not as sexy as saying you know i'm gonna win a million dollars this week but you know if you enter 200 bucks in and you win 2000 that's that's a good day's work you know that's that's, (laughs) yeah i'd say so nothing nothing that yeah snap uh yeah um so one question that i was planning on asking and now that i'm like thinking it through and looking at the daily fantasy i I know i mentioned when you're looking at week one right now where do you like where do you see based on someone's Mm -hmm. salary is a value that being said if you don't want to answer this question because a lot of that value is baked into <laughs> who they're the matchups. And there's still so many factors, so many variables that still have to be figured out. Um, I was more so, yeah. I just, I guess I didn't think about when I asked that question originally, I didn't think about how much the matchups play into it as opposed to like where the rankings of those players are. If that makes sense. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's all good. It's all good. Um, obviously, you know, yeah. these opinions are subject to change in a few weeks here. Um, 
But week one is usually when you see the most value because like we have the pricing already. It's been out for a few weeks now. Um, and there's yeah. still so many variables that can change. Um, so there's, there's not a lot, there's some underpricing like um, Anthony Richardson, I'm sure, you know, being named the starter today. today. Morning. Or, yeah. Was that today or yesterday? I think it was yesterday. today. Yeah. You I know, can't keep tracking that. Anymore. That was kind of like 50, 50. <laughs> was he, was he going to, so he's only $5,600. I imagine he's going to be like a popular punt play for people. Um, just taking that, the gamble of the unknown, the rushing upside that, that he could provide. Um, I don't think Jacksonville's defense is going to be yeah. particularly feisty this year. So that game could have some, could have some shootout potential. Um, I, it's probably not something I would do in like a cash game, but um, he could be a, a, a tournament option because um, he could just um, suck. Right and just be. I don't know. I don't know if you heard my take on yeah, Anthony Richardson, but that's what I'm leaning on. So I'm leaning that. Yeah. Right. So you know, you know, you you yeah. may want to load up on Jacksonville's D then. You know, as as an option if if that's your conviction, right? Because um, unless you know Jonathan comes Taylor just and gets a contract, a comes back. And is yeah, he's gonna play, and then just go, you know goes hog wild on him, which could happen. Um, so you never know. Um, let's we can take a quick look through the running backs here. Um, I saw that. Yeah. So Kamara. what is that for? like? He's, he's um, is that just him priced <laughs> there, like to give you an idea of what it might be like when he comes back, like in what range or is this yeah it, i'm sure it will be different they probably just priced it with the because we didn't know for a hundred percent he was going to be suspended at that time so they you know they'll even if a guy's injured they'll still price them i mean they'll, they'll adjust weekly and yeah you know min price a guy who's out for the year or anything okay. it's just how they're algorithm works but um maybe like a kind of like a half like, point so it's ppr in draft games. full point I don't know okay full point full point ppr full you point. get you get a bonus for quarterbacks when they reach 300 yards um you get a bonus when receivers reach 100 yards so that does bring into play more of your traditional, you know, quarterback, like a Kirk Cousins, right? Um, in redraft leagues, you're not super excited about trotting Kirk Cousins out there, but 300 yard there's bonus, a 300, yeah. there's a bonus for getting to 300 yards, you know, that makes him a little more digestible to, to have in your lineup, something like that. Um, and then defenses this are always pretty random. So I never, you know, I kind of, that's where I really like to get different because how many times have we been like, Oh, the Ravens are locked in D one this week. And in real life, they're an awesome defense, but right. yeah. that doesn't always translate to fantasy scoring. You know, we want, we want sacks. We want interceptions, yeah. which are 
not very predictable. You know, we, we think we can, but they're not, they're not. You know, the, the random pick six, you know, there's no way to predict that. So, um, so just getting a little different, like the commanders yeah. against the Cardinals is going to be, you know, the smash play that everyone's going to go to. And I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm not going to not play them in some of my lineups, but, um, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, and I'm not going to like just lock a hundred percent them, you know, that's, I'll try and sprinkle in a few other scenarios where I could like, like the Jaguars, right. We mentioned that it's just the combination of the commanders playing the Cardinals and that they're only $2,800. They're, they're like middle of the road pricing for defense. So those two combinations are just kind yeah. of wildly popular for, for good reason. Um, so yeah, I guess like the defense, the defense to me is going to be tricky. It's just, you're going to, uh, cause you're not going to want to take the most popular, mm-hmm. but you're not going to want to miss out on, you know, David Blau at quarterback or, um, you know, uh, so, so, so how do you like yeah. target, I know you're a contrarian. How do you target that defense when you're setting a roster? Yeah. Sometimes you just, that's what I would do. I think that's what I would do, man. Like different elsewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, you just look at, you know, totals, right. Kind of try and identify some other low scoring options the situations people are in, are we getting, um, as is Richardson injured and we're getting Gardner Minshew this week or just, or just knowing who's more turnover prone quarterbacks, like who, who's not afraid to sling it around and get you a few interceptions. Like if Jameis were to start for the saints, right? Like I have no problem starting a defense against him. He may, crush me and throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns, or he could, he could really self-destruct. That's, that's kind of who you want. You're not going to probably not going to try and target conservative game Brock manager. Purdy, right? Cause yeah. he's going to throw the ball 20 times and, and they're going to run the ball a bunch. So just keep in mind who the, who the defense is playing and the type of quarterback they're facing, whether, Awesome. Point total. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I learned a lot. I want to have you back on closer to, uh, you know, maybe week one or maybe after Ryan and I have messed around a little bit, uh, during Yeah. And, uh, and definitely build some rosters with you. Have you back on, on the, uh, and talk through some DFS. I appreciate all the insight. Um, go Cowboys. Um, so again, you, uh, again, yeah. sports ethos, uh, <laughs> yeah. draft guide, Mike's, uh, you know, writing articles, he'll be during the season as well. Um, so we will be sure to have you back on and looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, thanks for giving us a little bit of a, uh, crash course on DFS. I'm sure we'll have questions. Um, I'll be reaching out on Twitter, staying in touch. I know you've been yeah. in some of our mock drafts, um, yeah, we're gonna be ripping. We're gonna yeah, be ripping those. Your I mean, you know, we've been doing <laughs> three, four a week, uh, and we're gonna continue the next couple yeah. of weeks. So, um, very much appreciated. Um, 
napkin. Yeah, like, no, that's well, well, we'll we'll set one up here pretty soon <laughs> where we make sure it's a full um, full lobby. But sometimes we'll just drop one in and see if yeah. anyone joins, full, just so yeah. that we're not going against ten other computers. So, you know. Um, anyways. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one quick note, I think I, I forgot to bring up. Um, that's definitely, if you are, if you've been playing a while and you aren't doing this, or if you're just getting into DFS, keep track of your results. And, you know, whether it's just, just you know, you have a bankroll tracker thing, uh, app, or just doing a simple Excel spreadsheet of your, of your wins and losses, see what games you're doing good at and what games you need improvement at. It's kind of, I do that every year. I kind of do a self-reflection compared to, you know, previous years. Um, not to say I go away from yeah. the games that I, that I'm losing at. Yeah, it's I like just, anything else. No, I got to change it's my like process. anything else, what you got to like you know, look at. What am at, I doing differently? Take a step back exactly. and look at what you're doing so you can improve, you know, data analysis. Um, yeah, great point. Um, yeah. Well, we're going to definitely um, start a little bit of a journey in DFS and hopefully it goes well. Ho hopefully we can just blast all over the internet that, you know, yeah. fantasy roadshow uh, is the next millionaire million dollar maker or whatever. <laughs> just completely disregard everything you said, join yeah. the million dollar maker. And <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, underdog. well, you're going to win the million in best yeah. uh, on underdog. So, yes. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so the whole year right. is just a free roll yeah, for you right. guys. Just go. Um, just well, go yeah. Thanks a lot for coming <laughs> on. Uh, and um, everybody, I uh, hope you learned all the roadies. Um, join us and, you know, tweet, tweet at us uh, your lineups. And uh, everybody, thanks for uh, an awesome episode and buckle up. Yeah.